Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Hi, and welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim Bellotto. And Kim, you've got to get on an airplane for Vegas here in about 15 minutes. So I'm going to let you do the first segment. I'll pick it up in segment two. We've got Justine Carroll with Steers going to be here with us, and it's going to be a great time. And by the way, you might want to remember where Kim's going to. It's Las Vegas. You're going to want to remember that later on in the show. That's very important. So, Kim, take it away. Thank you, Alvin. And once again, it is our favorite energy expert and associate editor for Shell Oil and Gas Business Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you know, there's a lot to talk about on on the world stage, but um, I wanted to get into a little bit of a discussion pertaining to oil and gas prices because you have um, some, we see some movement there. So t- tell me a little bit about what's happening in the way of uh, oil uh, inventory. Well, we uh, about a month ago, actually it's been five or six weeks ago, now the Saudis uh, announced, they made it public, that they were going to reduce exports into the United States in order to try to produce uh, some drawdowns in the crude storage inventories here in the United States, which in their view, and I think the, the view of a lot of people, uh, we've had a real inflated inventory of crude stocks here in the United States for a while, and that was depressing prices. And so uh, the Saudis have reduced their exports into the U.S., and that, over the last three weeks now, has produced uh, a series of pretty strong drawdowns in those inventories. And if that continues, you know, we're back down into kind of the normal average range for all stocks here in the United States. And if if that continues, that could be a positive price signal going forward. Um, and we need all the pro- positive signals we can get, obviously, with the price down where it is. Uh, the other side of that, though, is we just had a report Monday uh, that OPEC, the OPEC countries' production levels for June were the highest they've been all years, which you know, which means that more and more of these OPEC member countries are starting to cheat on their quotas, which is no surprise to anybody. That that always happens uh, in these agreements. So, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag, as it's been all year. Um, I do still think we're going to see a slowdown. The other thing that happened Friday was we had an actual reduction in the rig count here in the United States for the first time in uh, really, only the second week all year in which the rig count had actually gone down. It only went down one rig. But I think that's just kind of a, a foreshadowing of, you know, over the next couple of months, I think we're going to see the, the that rig level here in the United States stagnate. And it might even drop a little bit. It, it's not going to drop a lot. But uh, these companies are now starting to execute on their second half drilling budgets for the second half of the year. And, and they're going to be lower than they were the first half of the year. So. So all of that's kind of a mixed bag, but it just shows the market's adjusting. And I think, you know, here in a couple of three months, we're probably going to see that price start going back up again. Well, now that's a, that would be an awesome thing. So is is it fair to say that everyone on this world stage, uh, OPEC countries, U.S. producers, 
uh, everyone kind of has to take it down a notch because there was there's just too much being produced and it's causing a, a horrible effect on oil prices and and we, we're starting to see that and as a result of that prices we should start seeing it uh, taper off a little bit is that about right yeah yeah hopefully uh, you know hopefully we can maintain even if we just maintain the current levels of production that every country is producing right now uh, the market's going to rebalance by the end of the year. In fact, the Energy Information Administration here in the United States thinks it's already very close to being rebalanced. So, and that's another reason why I think here we're going to be in this kind of low price paradigm in the mid 40s that we're in. Uh, but then you get around September, October, and the market's rebalanced, uh, we could see a fairly significant increase in the price during the last two or three months of the year, you know, which could set the stage for another significant uh, uptick in drilling here in the United States in early 2018. Well, you know, you're one of our favorite guests to have on the show because it seems like David Blackman has a crystal ball and usually it's it's pretty <laughs> right, but it could be those 30 years of <laughs> working in the business of understanding the ups and the downs. Um, I want to just switch gears a little bit because there's a lot going on on the national stage. President Trump is is at the G20 summit, and there's supposed to be some discussion there, uh, hopefully, since this is the first time he's meeting Putin. What do you think is going to happen in the way of energy at all? Do you think there's going to be a discussion at all pertaining to uh, oil prices with Russia? Is there anything exciting that might happen there that you think where you feel President Trump will try to push in the way of Putin? Yes, I think actually they're both going to push at each other, you know, because we are now, because we are really exporting a very, pretty significant amount of, of liquefied natural gas, uh, we're, we're exporting that now and really beginning to impact the market. Russia has, to this point, had uh, pretty much a monopoly providing natural gas to Eastern Europe. And the United States is beginning to start to encroach on that market. And as we get more and more LNG terminals uh, ready to export gas here in this country, and those volumes ramp up significantly, uh, it's got Russia very worried because we can provide natural gas from the United States at a much lower price than what Russia is currently charging to these European countries. And so I, I expect that's going to be a pretty significant topic of discussion, discussion when those two meet. And I think the other thing you're going to see is, is uh, there's probably going to be a discussion between uh, Trump and, and the German chancellor uh, regarding energy, because Germany is highly dependent on import uh, natural gas from, from Russia and also on crude oil imports from other parts of the world. And, of course, the United States is really dramatically increasing our exports of crude oil, too. So I think that's going to be – energy is going to be near the top of everyone's mind. Very interesting. It's very interesting to think about as well that, you know, here we have an investigation going on on President Trump pertaining to Russia, and it doesn't seem like he has Russia in any way in a favorable way. He's not looking at him that way. He's looking at him like we're going to get into, uh, what does he call it, American uh, dominance, and um, sorry, Russia. So I just don't understand the whole uh, investigation. There doesn't seem to be anything there, but maybe they know something that I don't. Um, no, they don't. there's nothing there. There's and, nothing and there, but they keep going. <laughs> So the last thing that I want to talk about is the little madman running around in North Korea. Um, 
talk to me a little bit about how in the heck did we get here with this crazy person and what is the solution? Yeah, in my writings, I like to call him the crazy little fat guy because I can never remember what his real name is. uh, (laughs) Well, that'll work. Right. I mean, there was Kim Il-sun and Kim Jong-un, Jill, and I don't know. Anyway. Which, by the way, didn't um, he kind of murder both? Because he was not the successor. He was the the, the, the youngest of the three sons. And uh, yeah. the last one that he just knocked off was the one who was scheduled to take over North Korea. So i definitely yeah, call him a madman. Yeah, he's, he's a crazy guy. Uh, you know, this all goes back to the Clinton administration. The United States had for many years blockaded... Uh, uh, enforced a a set of sanctions which prevented the import of military equipment into North Korea, really since the end of the Korean War. And unfortunately, President Clinton in 1996 or 97 um, uh, negotiated an agreement with North Korea and the United Nations under pressure from the United Nations to, to start allowing um, uh, I guess it was this current crazy guy's grandfather was the dictator then, uh, to allow them to begin importing military equipment and even uh, equipment they needed to start building nuclear power plants. And and so in the 20 intervening years, uh, North Korea successfully, in, in direct violation, of course, of the sanctions, you know, which never have any teeth. Right. If they're done. Nation, right. They never do uh, anything. And developed their own warheads and rockets and and so here we are, and it was very predictable. I remember actually writing about it at the time. This was going to be the end game of all that, and a lot of other people did too. And so it's it's just really it's sad. It's it's horrible. It's it's terrifying, but it's not really surprising. Well, we have him, and then we also have uh, De- uh, I was going to say Democrat Obama, uh, President Obama, uh, another Democrat who I believe has just kind of done the same thing with Iran in uh, uh right before he left so another 20 years we'll be dealing with another crazy madman that has um capability of uh, and and wants to you know completely annihilate the united states as well it's interesting to see how some of these leaders uh look at things uh in the way of world peace but we never really get there we get um, actually the opposite very very interesting times very scary times you're right definitely uh not a good time uh, when we're looking at a lot of world issues that you know really can impact the united states um but i guess the thing is just to maintain it watch it and see what comes out of uh the g20 summit there with president trump well david thank you for coming on the show today we do have to take a quick break you are listening to in the oil patch radio show oil field operators mineral rights owners and landmen listen up the alphabet energy power generating combustor is the future of flaring This cutting-edge technology transforms flaring into a source of power generation that can power an entire remote site. It's a superior combustor with no open orifices, which means no pilot light blowouts. Improve your site safety and reliability while reducing emissions from both power generation and combustion today. Visit alphabetenergy.com or call their Houston office at 832-280-5370. Again, that's alphabetenergy.com or call 832-280-5370. The Alphabet Energy Power Generating Combustor, the future of flaring. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. 
also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. And welcome back to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey. I'm sitting in for Kim today, who's on her way to Viva Las Vegas. And I've got with me today, Justine, you haven't been on the show with us in a while. It's great to have you back here. Thanks for having me. Justine Carroll, you're with the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. Tell us the acronym for that for that big, long name. That big, long name. So we, we call it STEER. Um, lots of people, that's a mouthful to say. So uh, STEER is the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable. We are the voice between the oil and gas industry and uh, those who live and work in the Eagle Ford Shale. So we are kind of the conduit of education, community outreach. We work with um, everyone in South Texas from elected officials, residents, business owners, uh, ISDs, things like that. And we make sure that the uh, oil and gas industry is um, being utilized in a way that's mutually beneficial to both the industry and those in the community. Talk about your background just a little bit. What is what is your um, what are your responsibilities with Steer and and talk about how you came to be with the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable, aka Steer. We're right. just going to call it Steer. We'll call it now. Steer going forward. So um, my function at Steer, I'm the director of communications, and my function at Steer is to ensure that we're putting out messages to our target audience, like those in South Texas, um, those who are interested in the oil and gas industry, um, to make sure that we're putting out messages that show what we're doing for for the South Texas region. So making sure that people are aware of the economic impact that the oil and gas industry has in South Texas. Making sure that people are aware of uh, the community efforts that we have in South Texas, whether that's you know reaching out through education efforts or reaching out through um, might be monetary donations to different um, environmental type groups or anything like that. Just making sure that the community is aware that the oil and gas industry is here, it's here to stay, and um, making sure that they are aware that you know we're we're here to help the community. And I do that through a number of ways, through um, doing things like this, working with the media, um, with the traditional media, doing making sure that we're out on Facebook. And um, when we're out in South Texas, we're we're talking with the community members and and getting that word out there. You've been with Steer for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. What, what what do you see different today than when when things were at their peak three or four years ago? Right. I think what we see different is just the questions that we get from community members. So, um, you know, while before it was more of um, 
a focus on kind of, you know, the economic impact that the oil and gas industry had. Now it's more of, you know, trying to um, deal with what we've been through, um, learn from those those times that we've been through already. To 20, from 2014 to 2016, the numbers that we've seen are dramatically different. Um, and then move forward. So really it's, it's the questions that we're seeing from the community members. Well, and something different. I've noticed, and, and I don't work directly in the industry, but, but my, my other job, I do have a lot of communication with the industry. And, and something that I've seen is even from 2014 to th- through 2016, when, when things tended to seem a little tough, we still had a very viable oil and gas industry in South Texas. It was, and, and the number of jobs that, that were maintained through what I guess we can call the downturn, we're still far and above more jobs than were than were available before things really ramped up. Mm-hmm. Well, what we see in Texas and and particularly South Texas is that the oil and gas industry is is really vital to the survivorship of of our state, of our communities, and of of South Texas. So, um, whether we're at highs that we saw in 2014 till the the somewhat lows that we've seen in 2016. Um, there's still a significant economic impact. There's still a significant contribution to oil and um, to taxes in the in the state of Texas in the entire state. So, uh, and there's still significant job numbers out there, which are far exceed what we saw before the oil and gas industry came to South Texas. One quick question, and I'll, I'll get into the regular questions that we're going to ask. But how has the lifting of the export ban affected Steers Mission? Um, th- that was a big part of our mission. We were we were very involved in um, getting that word out in in writing to our to our um, to our board members to make sure that they're getting the word out to their elected officials. So uh, it, it's helped us tremendously. I mean, that's that's something that we want us to be energy independent. Um, w- we've seen we were out there when the first uh, shipment left. So it's it's been a, a big part of Steers' mission, um, a big win for us. Really. That was a that was a big deal to see that first ship leaving the port. Oh, it was. It, it was, was. It was beautiful. It was incredible. Yeah. Well, now let's get into our, our normal questions. Well, what has Steer been working on so far in in 2017? Well, we're still um, heavily involved in in South Texas communities. Um, we're still going out to educate our our potential workforce. So we're working a lot with middle school and high school students to get to working with various um, members of ours that go out, give them hands-on experience, um, provide lessons to them about working in the oil and gas industry, whether whether you want to be out in the field or whether you want to be, you know, an accountant for the industry. Um, so that's one one big part of our mission. We want we want really want to educate um, our future workforce. Yeah, you guys were at the Texas Rural Challenge. What what is the Texas Rural Matters Award? So we were at. A, we were presented an award actually in Waco, Texas, um, on June 29th, and it's actually an award for companies and organizations that kind of do their part to create economic opportunity throughout the communities in South Texas. So th- through the smaller communities in South Texas, this challenge is really focused on that, and it was through um, UTSA, and Steer was awarded this um, this award, and Omar was pre- present to receive it on our on our behalf. Outstanding, and this is going to end our first segment. We're going to come back, and we want to talk about 
UTSA and Dr. Tom Tunstall and the economic impact report that was just released. And I want to get get your take on that. But right now, we do need to take a quick break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, here this week with Justine Carroll, the Director of Communications for STEER. That's the South Texas Energy and Economic Roundtable that we're going to just refer to as STEER for the rest of the show because it's just such a mouthful. But uh, we will be right back. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656 and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me. A Bailey at KaligAuto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, K A H L I G, Auto, A U T O.com. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey, and I'm here this week with the Director of Communications for Steer, the one and only Justine Carroll. Justine, welcome back to the show. Um, before we went to break, we, we briefly mentioned Dr. Tom Tunstall and his economic impact report that, that UTSA just released. And I want to get your take on that. Uh, you've got some pretty specific stuff to talk about with this report. So I'm just going to hand it over to you and let's, let's talk about this. Yeah, so UTSA did a study on the economic impact of the oil and gas industry, specifically in the Eagle Ford. Um, and we, in the past, we've, they've done this study, um, but we hadn't done it in a few years. So uh, the study was from 2014 um, to 2016 and evaluated a lot of things, you know, tax base and things like that. Um, but the, the bigger picture um, for us is they evaluated a 21-county area in the Eagle Ford. Um, to see, to check the economic impact and to um, get kind of a gauge on where we are at with jobs in the oil and gas industry. Now, what we saw was there was a, a all-time high um, in 2014 of uh, the economic impact was $123 billion. Um, so since then, we all know oil and gas has, the, as the prices dropped, um, the economic impact numbers dropped as well. Um, so for 2015, those numbers fell to 77 billion, and then last year in 2016, that fell to about uh, 50 billion for the for the 21 county uh, region. Now, you know, we've we've learned a lot from that time, um, but it's good to see for at least for us now that it's kind of leveling off. Um, we saw a, a low at the end of at 
mid-2016. And towards the end of 2016, it started kind of leveling off. So prices were more stabilized. And that's kind of what we're seeing now in 2017. Now, when we say going from $123 billion down to $50 billion and with $77 billion in between, we're not just talking about about crude and, and, and condensate that's coming out of the ground. We're talking about everything that's connected with that industry and the, the total impact that the industry has had on that specific on region. that region correct so it could could be you know something tied to the oil and gas industry hotels things like that 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 contribute to the economic impact in south texas whether and it's not all direct oil and gas related jobs or oil and gas money per se but it's it's dir- indirectly tied to the oil and gas industry so you know, it could be something as simple as the the new libraries that are in these small towns now or the new baseball field that went up so that the, the high school has a a top-notch ball field to play at uh, I mean the you know we we don't we, we hear these numbers but we don't it sometimes it's hard to to really put our finger on what this industry has brought to our our rural areas and there's so much more you know like Catering, you don't think of that, but lot, quite often all of our field workers are catered meals every single day. So things like that contribute to the economy, contribute to oil and gas is contributing in, in various ways. Well, it helps small business. It creates jobs. It, it creates a tax base for, mm-hmm. for rural areas. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, and, and 50 billion is an amazing number when an industry is in a downturn. Right. 50 billion is incredible. And, and, you know, that's, the oil and gas industry, with, with that fifty billion, whether it's fifty billion or a hundred billion, uh, it's it's still one of the top contributors to the tax base in this in this state. And that's something that we need for schools, for you know, even medical facilities, things like that. Um, the economic impact report did it. Uh, does it take into account uh, education programs that, you know, the the colleges that have their technical programs or or high schools that that are introducing their students to the oil and gas industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've we've evaluated those types of programs too, and STEER also contributes to those programs. I mean, we we offer our educational booklets to these to these schools and universities, um, and we we also they take into account us. You know, so they're creating these programs because it's it's a need that they see in their communities. They they take into account the oil and gas industry. They see the numbers of jobs that we have available and they know that these jobs will be available in the future. So it's it's kind of works both ways, you know. We we take into account what they have to offer, but they take into account they're there because of us. So this has become such a high-tech industry that education is the only way that we're going to be able to sustain a viable oil and gas industry, not only in South Texas, but but all over the country and all over the world. Mm-hmm. The oil and gas industry is one of the most technologically advanced industries in the world. Really, we have we're continuously uh, developing new ways of not only extracting oil, but using you know some companies use solar power on their on their pads, on their web on their sites. Um, some companies use infrared cameras to make sure there's no emissions leaking out. So things that that we don't even think about that are used, it's, it's so technologically advanced that we need an, a workforce, we need an educated workforce to continue that and to continue those advancements. Well, when we get to the next segment, we want to talk about the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards because we haven't talked about those in, in almost in a year, year now, yeah. and, and they're on the way. But right now, we do need to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey sitting in 
for Kim Bellotto, who's your normal host. And, you know, I told you earlier where, where she's headed to, so you're going to want to remember that because at the end of the next segment, uh, you're going to have a chance to win some, some chow from Fogo to Chow. So stay with us. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. Amerijet's global cargo network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. With over 40 years of experience in the energy industry, we will help drive your excellent performance. Shipping general cargo, oversized, heavy lift, hazardous material, or mission-critical cargo? Amerijet is your full-service logistics provider, offering air charter, airport-to-airport, cross-border trucking, and express shipping. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide. We provide global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Your company will benefit from compliance with the highest safety and environmental standards, 24-7 security and surveillance, and online tracking. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. For the best in customer satisfaction, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. Once again, that's 281-617-2187 or visit us at Amerijet.com. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Justine Carroll, the Director of Communications with Steer. And Justine, in the last segment, we, we started diving into the UTSA and Dr. Tom Tunstall's economic impact report. And, and we've got, you know, some, some really good information out, but I think you've got a whole booklet there of stuff that we can talk about. And uh, let's talk about jobs. We do have a whole booklet worth of stuff, and um, it actually is on our website at steer.com if you want to uh, take a look at the entire study. But jobs, yes. So the job numbers, again, we evaluated the economic impact from 2014 to 2016. So as we mentioned before, we did see a high in 2014 with the economic impact of $123 billion. Now what correlates with that high is jobs were at also at an all-time high, in the Eagle Ford of 193,000. So again, like we mentioned earlier, that's not just directly working for the oil and gas companies or for the exploration and production companies. That could be working for uh, truck drivers. That could be working for restaurants. That could be working for hotels, things like that, that are indirectly tied to the oil and gas industry. Well, that's the number of jobs that had to be filled to make the, the world go round at exactly. that point in that area. For for anyone in the Eagle Horde to survive and to to live a normal life, that's that's the number of jobs that, that we needed to fill. Um, now, again, as, as we saw production decline, we saw jobs decline. So in 2015, that number fell to 155,000 uh, jobs. Then again, fell slightly more in 2016 to 90,000 jobs. And that, again, is for the 21-county area that we evaluated, that was evaluated by UTSA for this study. But when you think about that in perspective, when shale activity in the Eagle Ford began to really pick up in about 2011, that we supported about 50,000 jobs. 
So even from the time where shale activity really started in the Eagle Ford um, till now, that's still a 40,000 job in, uh, increase. Yeah, at oil at $24 a barrel, that's 40,000 more jobs than we had right. before oil before was $110 a barrel. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it, it happened. Uh, we know a lot of people that were laid off. Probably many of your friends and family members and colleagues were laid off because of the downturn. But when you when you look at it in comparison to where we were and where the Eagle Ford was, um, there's still a, a lot of jobs out there available. And we're still continuing to try and build a workforce and educate a workforce. Does the report uh, talk about any mergers and acquisitions that have maybe, you know, changed things in the Eagle Ford? Now, the report didn't focus on any um, companies individually. Um, it just it just focused on, you know, overall activity in the Eagle Ford for the oil and gas industry as a whole. Um, so, again, what we what we have seen as a whole is that that real high high in 2014 and, and a slow decline to 2016 to where we are now. Now it's still leveling off. Um, and the jobs are still at about the same rate in 2017, but that's where we, that's what the, the report evaluates. I see a lot of, lot of, uh, posts on social media about, uh, this company's hiring, uh, that company's hiring, this company's filling jobs needs, you know, applications now. So, so think the uptick is coming back. The uptick is coming back and there's still, there's new plants being, being, um, put out in South Texas. So like the, um, the Exxon um, SABIC plant that's out in Corpus, that they'll be hiring soon. The LNG plants that are being put out in South Texas. So there's a lot of activity still. Um, and they're all indirectly related to, to oil and gas production in the Eagle Ford. So because of the low cost of natural gas, we're able to, use, to put other plants that are not necessarily oil producing plants, but we're putting we're putting Well, and we're able to export that natural gas uh, to other parts of the world at, at a a reasonable profit mm -hmm. where we weren't able to to do that before so and and um the lng plants out in south out in south texas um they'll be hiring a lot of people so it's it's still all of the activity in the eagle ford while it's it's not where it was it's still producing jobs it's still producing new jobs new new companies that are coming out to south texas that we didn't see before well and, and right now the the growth in the in, in the the coastal bend area with the, the new plants coming online and the new the new construction the the, const the construction industry is literally going to change the face of Corpus Christi over the next five years. We won't recognize Corpus Christi five right. years from today. <laughs> exactly, the, it'll look totally different. And we've seen. I mean, I I don't remember the the exact numbers, but we posted them to Steers uh, social media assets. But we we're seeing a significant impact already from you know the. The projected numbers that they'll see in construction, the temporary jobs that we'll see from construction, and then the job numbers that we'll see after that are, are significant. So. And you know, construction workers that are on a, a site for you know, say the 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 port or the or, or one of the export facilities, there there are a large number of those people that that will be hired by those facilities and and stay as full time employees, whether it be maintenance or mm -hmm. or whatnot. So. Yeah. The, uh, the number of jobs that are going to be created by, you know, the, the new bridge or, or one of the new refineries or the, you know, one of the export facilities is just, it's mind boggling. It is, it is. And we're, we're seeing, you know, like you mentioned the port, I mean, they're, they're growing, they're seeking funding to, to deepen and widen the port. So, um, 
we'll we'll continue to see lots of activity come out of, of the coastal bend. So what comes first? Are they going to raise the bridge or, or deepen the port? Or are they going to do both at the same time? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I would say both. <laughs> as beautiful as it was to see that first ship leaving the port, how cool is it going to be to see one of these super tankers oh, yeah, come into yeah. Corpus Christi? Those, those and, pictures were awesome, too. Oh, yeah, and fill those, up and, yeah. and, and leave with uh, with the United States, uh, either uh, natural gas or oil. That's mm-hmm. that's going to be a that's going to be a sight. That's going to be, be a wonder. It will be. Well, we are out of time in this segment. When we come back, it's the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. They're coming up, and we want to spend some time and talk about those. You're listening to In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Justine Carroll, the Director of Communications with Steer, and we'll be right back. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong, serving independence, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at S-A-N-D-I-S at TexasAlliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry's service, supply, and manufacturing organizations advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Welcome back once again to this week's In the Oil Patch. Alvin Bailey here with Justine Carroll, Director of Communications with Steer. Justine, the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards. They're coming up. It's coming up. It's been almost a year since we talked about them, so... Tell me, what, what are the, the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards? Well, we are in our fifth year of the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards, and we, STEER as a whole, works to honor companies and um, other members of the community that work with the oil and gas industry who, are, who share our values and want to preserve the environment, ensure safety in and around the Eagle Ford, not only for the, the employees of the oil and gas industry, but for those that live in the area. And um, we honor those that give back to the communities that, that we live in and that we work in. Um, so we're really excited. It will be um, held this year in San Antonio at the end of the year. Where did the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards, to talk about the history, where, where did the idea come from? Steer saw a need to um, recognize companies that shared our values. Um, we, we wanted a way to honor companies that weren't being honored before, you know, and we didn't want to give that award to the big exploration and production companies. We wanted to give that award to companies that are working with us um, to ensure safety, to ensure that the environment is um, left better than we when we saw it, when we entered, um, and to make sure that we're giving back to the communities because that's what we're all about. Small businesses that are, that are doing it right, in other words. Exactly. People are doing the right thing. 
So, Justine, how does a company get nominated for one of the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards? So, we have a, a couple of ways that you can get nominated. One, you, first of all, you should visit our website at steer.com. You can do one of two things. You can either um, enter yourself, enter your own company for an award, or other companies can nominate you. Say a contractor that you're working with can nominate your organization for an award. And there's no shame in nominating yourself for one no, of those absolutely awards. absolutely not. These guys are out here, and, and you know that you're out here each and every day, and you're doing it right, and you're following the rules, and, and you're leaving these areas in better condition than when you drove onto the site. So don't be afraid to nominate yourself. Right, absolutely. We've had plenty of, of people that nominate them, plenty of companies that nominate themselves and, and end up winning at, at the end. Uh, we do have third-party judges that come in and evaluate all of our entries. So not, none of them are, are judged by STEER. Um, we keep everything confidential. So if it's you know some sort of proprietary information, um, just know that we, we keep that information confidential. And um, they, they're kind of removed from the oil and gas industry in, in many ways. So they're not as familiar as, as we might be with, with the oil and gas companies. What are some of the different categories? So we have four categories. Um, our first one is environmental stewardship. Um, for that, we, we look for companies that are um, reducing environmental impacts. Maybe they have a new practice that they're implementing um, that could be related to water, that could be related to air, that could be related to the land. Um, Spill prevention, right. driver safety. Mm -hmm. We And we've had winners that were recycling water. So the the new technology they were using to recycle water um, got them the Eagle Ford Excellence Award in, in environmental impact. So it's a multitude of things that, that you could win for for environmental stewardship. But um, basically, we're looking for companies, innovative companies that are protecting the environment. Our, uh, we have three other categories. The next one is safety performance. So we ask that companies um, produce their safety records and that they don't have any sort of blemishes on their safety records over the last year. Um, and we look for people and companies that have safety sort of ingrained in their company culture um, that practice it at every you know training opportunity that they have that make sure that keep it their top priority as it's a top priority for steer. Um, so that could be that could be driver safety, that could be um, safety on the rig that could that could be a lot of things. The next one would be our community and social investment uh, award. And we give this award to um, companies that really make it their mission to work with the communities, give back to the communities. And last but not least, the last final category, drum roll, is the impact award. Now, this is reserved for nonprofits, educational foundations, uh, ISDs, things like that, that have worked with the oil and gas industry through those various ways, through um, protecting the environment, through safety, through community and social investment. So it could be somebody working for, um, you know, a, a continuing workforce. It could be it could be a lot of things, but this is specifically reserved for those smaller uh, nonprofits out there. And when when do the awards take place? The awards take place um, on December fifth, um, in San Antonio. And we are asking for all of our nominations to be received by October 6th. October 6th, that's the deadline. How does somebody, uh, how does somebody find out more about the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards and if they want to nominate somebody or themselves? You can visit our website at steer.com. Um, and we also have a phone number on our website if you need to call for more information. But you'll see on our homepage, there's a, a 
uh, you can click on the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards, and that will direct you to the page for more information. So go to steer.com and uh, either nominate yourself or a company that you know is doing it right. Um, you can get more information about the different categories and, and what the Eagle Ford Excellence Awards are at steer.com. Justine, that's about going to wrap the show up. But since Kim's not here, and I'm not going to say again where she went, but do you want to help me do trivia today? I'll help you. So I tell you what, if you want to win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, this is the trivia question. This is trivia time. If you want to win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, all you have to do is be the first correct email to radio at shalemag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com, and you will win a $100 gift certificate to the awesome Brazilian steakhouse, Fogo de Chao. Justine, what is our question today? Where in the world is Kim? Where in the world is Kim Bellotto this week? We said it earlier in the show. So if you were listening, like I told you to, just be the first correct email, radio at shalemag.com, and you'll pick up yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo to Chow. That's about going to wrap it up this week. Be sure and like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show on Twitter at shalemag. And until next week, Justine. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.